0: Morning. So, this morning I want to speak about eternity. And I think eternity is again one of, um, it's one of these subjects, one of these things that we should be aware. But again, I think we're missing the severity of it the how should i say here the, the fact that we're all faced with it we were conceived into be eternal souls and we are faced with eternity No matter who we are. And um, the other day when when I was tapped on the shoulder to do this morning message, I I asked Lord what to speak and I I felt that's what was put on my heart to speak about eternity. Maybe a reminder, maybe just tapping us all on our shoulder that eternity is real that's the difference between us humans and animals animals they're, they're born and they die and uh, that's it but we have eternal souls so let's uh, before we go on, can continue again let's arise to our feet and come before the lord this morning Lord God, we come before you this morning in the name of Jesus. We, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you are there, that you have made us a way. Lord, even when it comes to speaking of eternity, that you have given eternal life. You have given life that, that conquers death, that destroys the power and the whole of death and sin. And Lord, we pray that in our hearts this morning we will find that very life, the life that 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 conquers that that has an eternal presence, Lord. And we we pray, Lord, that that we can examine and check our hearts this morning, and to see and to check, Lord, if the very life, Lord Jesus, that you have given us, that the life that you have lived, is in us, Lord. We pray. Lord, for your grace this morning. We pray, Lord, for your word. Lord, that your word this morning will not return void. And we pray, O Lord God, that we will see again your goodness, your love, and your mercy that you have given us. May we not take that for granted. We thank you, Lord, again for this hour. We pray for your presence in this room, Lord, to be richly felt, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So why is it, I've asked myself quite a bit actually lately, why is it that we never speak about hell? Why is it that we rarely speak about heaven? Why is it that we never talk about these things yet we're all faced with them? And I had to come to, to the conclusion that <clears throat> I think through our busyness and maybe even our distractions, we tend to minimize the awareness of eternity. And I think it's, it's by design. I know that, that the gospel should not bear most of its fruit through fear, but true love, but we cannot leave it out. After we are done with this life, we enter into the realms of eternity. We leave behind this earth, time as we know it, and then we enter into a whole new paradigm. So what is eternity? When I was pondering about it, I was, um, I was going back to my teaching, teaching math, geometry, and in geometry, those of you who are doing geometry this year, we talk about lines. There's, there's a definition for a few different kinds of lines. One is a line, one is a segment, one is a ray. And in geometry when we talk about lines, what well, I start with a, is with a, what we see as a line, it has two ends, it's a segment. There's a, there's a beginning and there's an end. You can clearly see it. It could be a million miles long, it could be an inch long, it could be a centimeter long. <laughs> and then there's a ray, it has a beginning but it has no end. And then we come to a line and it's infinitely infinite, it doesn't stop. It has no beginning and it has no end. That's in geometry, what we call a line. And this is what eternity reminds me of. Creation in our time here on earth are a segment. Eternity has no beginning and no end. In the end, the question is not remains the big question. Where will we spend eternity? Busyness and distractions will not disqualify the validation of the question. No matter how we distract ourselves, how we numb our minds, how we entertain our minds. The question remains where will we spend eternity? See, a lot of times we, we think if we if we run from a question, we have a fabricated piece and then we think we're okay. Or on the other hand, we would say, Well, I'm okay, you know, I'm I'm good, I'm good. And then we somehow think we're okay. But are we okay at night when We lie in bed and we start to fall asleep when we close our eyes and God gives us the grace to examine us where we're at. Are we okay then when our mind doesn't work with the good with all the excuses and the distractions? It remains a valid question and it demands answers. Being it so has so great of consequences. And for, for only a short life here in this earth. It's just a segment of a line compared to eternity. And a believer's hope, Christian's man hope, is after we die. I want to, for my text this morning, I want to go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 12. If you want to follow along. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. Now if Christ be preached, that he rose from the dead, how say some among you, that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and our faith is vain, is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, If so, be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not... Then is not Christ raised. Verse 17. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So the emphasis in these verses is more on our hope in Christ in eternity. If only our hope in Christ is this small segment that we have here on this earth. He said, we are the most miserable. What is the suffering all about? Why don't you just live it up? Paul talks about the crown that awaits him. About the glory. So, a believer's hope is crowned is when he leaves this earth. (coughs) In Romans 5 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him into eternal life. So we have on one hand the saving (coughs) of Christ from the wrath of God. On the other hand, we could experience the wrath of God. What does that look like? I think we, we know pretty, pretty good. Not to the fullest details, but I think we all know that there's a heaven and that there's a hell. So as the, above, as the scriptures indicate, without the resurrection, we are of all men most miserable. So that indicates to me that all our decisions... All our decisions should be based on an eternal mindset. We are working towards eternity. Our time is coming to an end. And then we enter in to eternity. The line that has no beginning and no end. So... <clears throat> So if you back up and look at the whole picture, to look at our life here in this earth and at eternity, we see this unproportionate comparison of a short time versus eternity. Comparing it now into eternity. So the main point that I want to bring today <clears throat> is that eternity is real. And all of us listening right now have an eternal destiny. All of us that are listening right now have an eternal destiny. Now, before we go on, let's talk a little bit about eternity. <clears throat> As we go about pondering on life, especially all the things revolving around eternity, there's one question that usually brings to me to a dead stop. We're told to rely on faith, which is good. When you ponder creation at the beginning of time, there's so much that goes by on faith. And you come to, to meditate on the creator of God himself. And the next thought is, where does he come from? It's, it, you come to that point where your brain capacity has just reached its fullness. It's, it's done because you cannot comprehend it. Which he is our creator, our God and King. So in order for God to be the creator of the heavens and the earth, He must have pre-existed all creation. Now that fumbles our brain until we realize that time was co-created with creation. Our mind functions in time frames. So when we think about creation, when we think about our life, when we think about eternity, we think time. We think how many years before and then, oops, where, where where do these minutes go to? before. There, there, is, there is no minutes. When we try to calculate eternity moving forward, when we die, there is no measure. You know why? Because there is no beginning and there is no end. When God created the heavens and the earth, He created them in relation with time. And we think time, everything that we think, how we look at life, how we look at our... It's all in minutes, hours, weeks, months, years, decades. But that was all created. We say from the beginning of time is when God created the world. That is a timeline, is when time was created. Outside of that framework, there is no time. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He always has been, and he always will be. And the writer of Hebrews, this, this verse always captures my attention in nine, chapter nine twenty seven, He said, and it is appointed unto men once to die after that judgment. Then we're in eternity. So after we die, we enter the realm of etern- eternity, and all time has passed away. Where will we be? The best way to comprehend that is our eternal mi- with our eternal mindset. Is like the song goes, "In a million years, where will you be?" But that is not the end. In a million years, it never ends. Eternity never ends. It it keeps on going and going. You know this, uh, my teacher used to say this to us kids. He said, eternity is, it never ends, he said. And he, he took a quote out of our layon, out of our sermon, said, I think I have it right, if I remember it correctly. He said, if a bird comes to sharpen his beak on a rock that is as big as the earth, Every thousand years or so, that rock will eventually be done. But eternity will never be done. And this this short, this example always puts some awareness in my mind about eternity. Augustine puts it like this. <clears throat> It makes sense to ask what was God, what God was doing before he made the world, if and only if both God and the world are separate items within the same temporal continuum. Continuum. But they are not. God's years, unlike ours, do not come and go. They are succeeded by no yesterday. And they give away to no tomorrow. It is not in time that you precede all times, O Lord. You precede all times, all past times in sublimity of an ever-present reality. You have made all times and are before all times. God created the world not in time, but with time. What this means is that time is not some primordial container. An infinite bucket of uh, moments in which certain events happen. Time is not a receptacle, it is a relationship. And that is a relationship with creation. So after we pass on from this world, we leave this world into eternity, God in his infinite wisdom created this world with time. In this frame, he created us so that we can move into eternity and spend it with him. That, however, was... Interfered with. It was, um, the whole plane was destroyed, should I say, destroyed or was altered when the devil showed up in the Garden of Eden. Because world, because sin and God cannot coexist. God created men in his likeness so that they can have dominion over all the earth. It also replenished the earth, Genesis 1, 26-28. And the enemy came in as a serpent and deceived Adam and Eve, and everyone after them inherited the sinful nature, except Jesus, the Son of God. The third person to be alive, Cain, was a murderer. That is how sin overtook mankind. 2,000 years after creation, God wiped out the whole earth through the flood because of sin. And when God commanded Adam and Eve that they can eat from every tree in the garden except for one, he knew they would die. It is sin that causes death. Genesis 2, 17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And that is still a part of our human nature. Without the life of Christ in us we are perished to eternal damnation. And without Christ we are still on that same on that same under the same wrath of God. And without Christ, eternity is very, very sad. It is hell. <clears throat> but Christ in his great love came, the Bible says in Philippians 2, 6, 8, who, talking about Jesus, being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Paul also wrote to Timothy 1 verse 9, who had saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who had abolished that and had brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. So through Jesus, there is a way out. We have eternity on our doorsteps, and the only way is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he himself said to one of his apostles, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And I assume all of us are aware of being born again. Um, That is trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, committing our lives to him, that is, walking in obedience to him, be born of the Spirit of God, because we are one of His. When I speak here this morning, that's what I am assuming. In Romans 8, 11, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken our mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. that same Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead, shall also quicken our mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you." This concept... See, we, we talk about the Holy Spirit. We, um, <clears throat> uh, and even among many churches, the Holy Spirit is being talked about as the gifts and, uh, and uh, empowerment and all that, and which is good. The Holy Spirit is a comforter, He is. But what really spoke to me in my life. Is, let's start with when Paul says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. He also speaks in Ephesians that the Holy Spirit is the earnest of our redemption. He's the surety, the, the down payment, the un, that we have redemption. We believe and the gift is the Holy Spirit, which is eternal life. Eternal life is the Holy Spirit that He has given us. Now we take this verse here, that the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. How serious do we take that? How does the Holy Spirit dwell in a person? How does He remain in a person? How does He he exist in a person? He, He lives in a person that is obedient to Him, that seeks Him, that seeks to know Him, and that follows Him wherever He goes. The Holy Spirit is living with a person that is dedicated unto Christ. Paul later on speaks in the same chapter that if you do not have the Spirit of God, you are none of His. So the Holy Spirit is not just something we talk about. He's not just a good feeling. He's not just something that that makes us do good things sometimes. He is the purse. Third person in the Trinity, He is the person that dwells with us. He is the grace of God. When we commit our lives to Christ, that leads and directs our ways, that commands us to love our brethren, that commands us to uphold the laws of God. That is that Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit that commands men to love their wives. He is the same. Holy Spirit that commands men to be men. He is the same Holy Spirit that convicts us of sin and of righteousness. Now, if we do not follow that Holy Spirit, will he have this quickening power in us? Will he have this resurrection, this resurrected power in us if we do not follow him, if we do not heed him, if we do not know him? Can we sit here this morning and we see and say that we can witness his work mean in, our, in our lives? Because if we don't, then we're just we're living about our flesh. But it is that same Holy Spirit, when Christ will return, that will resurrect our mortal bodies from the dead. And if we can't heed to him now, our mortal bodies will not heed to him on that resurrection morning. And we will remain sleeping. We'll read about it later on in Revelation. Eternity is at stake. God has put us us into this short segment of time. So that we can choose and that we can be with Him in eternity. Once we come out, once we come out of this time frame, this creation. May that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, also raise our mortal bodies here and now, and when Christ returns. In Revelation 20, there's an account there. And I would recommend you all going there revelation 20 verse 4 we have a we have an, an account that describes what happens to God's people verse 4 chapter 20 verse 4 and I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them and I saw the souls of those who had been headed. For their witness to Jesus and for the Word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads and or on their hands, they had lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. And this is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who was part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with Him a thousand years. And here we we see again the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God in our lives. Going down to. To verse 11, and I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to their works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And here we can see that those that the resurrection has no power. When Christ returns, at that final judgment, they'll be cast into the lake of fire. Back in Revelation 1:18 we have Jesus saying this about himself. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I live forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of that. Jesus has the key. Today we live our lives as we walk out of here. Can we set our hearts and our minds on eternity? Once time is, is done, it's too late. It's too late to decide. There's only one thing left after that. And that is judgment. Right now... I believe we're still dealing with the lame. But one time is comes to an end, we're dealing with the Lion of Judah. And may we may we be among those that that learn to heed to the gospel, that learn to walk moment by moment the call of God the Holy Spirit in our lives in conclusion Paul admonishes the Colossians in this way Colossians 3 1 to 7 if you then be risen with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God set your affection on things above not on things on the earth for you were dead, and your li- life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, occasion, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil concup- concup- concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in which ye also walked some time when ye live in them. But he says, now, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And so, (laughs) eternity is real. Like I said at the beginning, we, all who are sitting here, will face eternity one day. And it's only, only through Jesus Christ. It's only through Jesus Christ that we can escape that wrath. And the Bible talks about of a righteousness that came other than of the law. And that is through Jesus Christ. It is in accepting him, it is in Walking with Him, it is walking by faith, knowing what He did, having the life of God in us, and walking in obedience to that. And as we heard in the opening, not being distracted by our own ideas and visions, by our flesh, what our flesh desires. So, may we realize that we're all faced with eternity. May it be consciously on our mind. And hopefully we, n- we do not distract it with entertainment and phones and, and all kinds of entertainment because it will not help us. So I'm going to leave you with that. And may the Lord uh, charm our, our senses, our And it seems like he doesn't really ask when we want to leave or when we want to enter into eternity. It's his choice. So, amen. Blessings.